You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Cosmos After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Cosmos After Show. Oh my god. So hot and You guys can make fun of me for picking that song. Oh Woo Okay. That's enough of the thing the white man attempt to dance here. <laughs> but the song is so apropos for yeah. today's episode, right? It is. Well, maybe not. Well, it is. Almost. It's getting be. hot in here. It's getting hot in here. That's so what we're going with. take off all your clothes. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. That it's is what, probably going to That's going to be the fashion of the future. No clothes. Uh, Before we get there. Loincloths. I think we should introduce ourselves, right? Okay. Here we go. I'm Scott Moore. And over here on the other side of the table is lovely. I am Autumn Chickless, everybody. Hello. I'm Dylan Chance. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. And welcome back after a Memorial Day weekend off here. We're back for the... An ultimate episode here, Ooh, episode penalty. twelve of uh, Cosmos: The World Set Free. And uh, before we go any further, too, we have to say JC is on assignment today, trying to research uh, the latest wind farm technology. Yes, so he's going to come back with a full report next week. He's got all his homework. He's going to be doing wherever you are, JC. <laughs> we support you. Yes, may the wind be with you. Um, so, my God, so that, this episode, this episode, you guys. Uh, I mean, where do we even be- where do, where do we even begin? So I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, this was this was the episode. It's perfect for the penultimate episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was one of those episodes where it's like really like interesting to watch and learn all these facts and whatnot. But it's really sad too, and it just makes you want to cry yourself to sleep. Which is what I'll do later when I go home. Of course, yes. Oh wow! Oh. Um, much like that comment, <laughs> this episode was a little depressing. I mean, obviously, as Neil deGrasse Tyson likes to always do he ended it on a more positive note or a more hopeful note Mm -hmm. but the majority of this episode was very Mm eye-opening especially to anyone who isn't aware of the current situation or i suppose everyone should be pretty aware of the current situation when it comes to climate change that being said it really made a point of putting its foot down and addressing all of the different questions that people may or may not ask who are unconvinced, who mm-hmm. remain unconvinced that global warming and the greenhouse effect are actually a legitimate problem. Right, are, are, are real. Are the ones, yeah, the ones that are choosing to continue to ignore this. And, and I have to admit, too, I follow several, you know, there's there's several meteorologists, too, because I'm the big weather geek, in a <laughs> group of people on Twitter that I follow that are so insistently anti-climate change, and they keep trying to, like, purport their ideas about how it's not happening. And I'm like, why, you know, why are you trying so hard? I know. To to deny it, even even if people don't think that it's caused by us humans, wouldn't you think that you'd want to do whatever you could to not even be polluting the atmosphere right. in general? Like, wouldn't you want to work on things to think, okay, maybe we don't need to have all the CO2 going there, we shouldn't be using coal, we shouldn't be polluting our atmosphere, you know, with the yeah. car exhaust. I mean, that's the thing 
I would think about the very least, even if you don't agree with it, why don't you want to work on helping to at least help with the pollution levels and make it better Earth? It requires effort that people don't want to put in, understandably to a certain extent, if it's easy to deny... Well, I don't think it's easy to deny, but a lot of people find it easy to deny these things if it means that they can keep their way of life. Right. Change is hard. Change is hard. And and, it is. And people don't want to do the hard work involved in change. And it's also kind of a a protectionism thing, too, in a way. Like, people want to just kind of protect themselves from bad news so they pretend like it doesn't exist. Absolutely. Or it's not a problem. But it's just to the point where it's like, come on, people. Like, just wake up. There's a word for that. It's like, what, cognitive dissonance or something? Yeah, yeah. Or you know, but you... Yeah, exactly. I understand why people would want to close their eyes and shut their ears to something like this. Because if we're being honest, and if you watch the episode tonight, (laughs) it becomes very clear just how serious. Mm -hmm. And I think another reason why people may debate it or whatever is because... Although we do see effects right now, we can clearly see effects of these big storms and, you know, temperatures uh, going above average and blah, blah, blah. It's not, like, killing us yet, like, dramatically Mm -hmm. killing us yet. I mean, it it is killing some animals and species, and and the storms are killing some people, but it's still all low numbers. You know what I mean? It's not, like, mass extinction. You you do bring up a good point, which I think for a lot of people is why they deny the climate change. Because it's happening so slowly and it's not happening right in front of your eyes, it makes it really, really tough to actually see it. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And again, we as humans, and we talked about this on this episode too, have a hard time helping to move forward and, and think in the long-term generation after generation right. after we leave and so think you, in the long-term consequences of our actions that are happening right now. Right. And if you tell someone, like, well, I mean, the whole world's going to be screwed in 150 years or something, everyone goes, eh, oh, I won't be around anyways. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Like, hey, but it does matter. Exactly. That's know? that's part of the problem. I mean, that's we, we open with this, and we'll, we'll get back to it in a second, about opening with Venus. And, uh, you know, our, our planet could rapidly be becoming warmer like Venus. And if we do become warmer... Like the planet Venus, and as the song says, we want to take off all our clothes because it's hot out. <laughs> you want to look good, right? You want to look good without your clothes on. So how do you get to look good without your clothes on? I think you know, Autumn, right? Absolutely. We have how a book that? here. We have the Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness by Maria Menounos, the lovely and fabulous Maria Menounos. That's right. So um, if, as we know, climate change is a very big deal and it is happening right now. And when the temperature goes up significant amount you're going to want to be fit for bikini season so. exactly but it, I mean, and for joking, guys too you guys too uh, bikini season is the general term yes. for both but in all in all seriousness girls and guys can get there's some really from, <laughs> and from this book they can get good stuff from this book exactly no but in all seriousness all joking aside a right. lot of wonderful insights in here hey uh, Roya, let's go uh, can you uh let's go let's talk about that yeah. yeah i actually have a promo that maria herself has for you guys all right so let's there listen to what she's got to say absolutely Hey guys, Maria Menounos here, and I want to share my newest book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness with you. Basically, every woman always stops me and asks me how I lost 40 pounds, so I decided to put it all in one book. Everything I did to lose 40 pounds step-by-step, and how you can too is in here. I did it with no time, no money, and no willpower, and now I'm going to show you how to do it too. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, wherever books are sold, and it's out June 3rd, so I hope you guys love it. I hope it helps you in your weight loss journey, and please, please tweet me and update me on your progress at Maria Menounos. Thanks. This, uh, this book right. actually has a lot of stuff in it. There's like recipes Some for really meals. good recipes. They look pretty good, too. This fellow Greek girl, I appreciate a lot of this. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It comes out uh, 
Tuesday, June 3rd, mm-hmm. uh, so this week, and uh, you can get it wherever books are sold, which pretty much now is online, which is sad to say. <laughs> yeah. A few of those Barnes and Nobles and other bookstores around, but yeah, it's a great book. Comes out this week, and it'll definitely help you and uh, that was staying healthy and fit. An amazing segue, by the way. That was great. <laughs> I, I think it works perfectly. No, it does work perfect. Uh, global so warming. Global warming. We need equals... to take our clothes off, right? Just like the song in Hot and Here, <laughs> right. so that we can be cool. And nice we need to look good. There we go. I love it. Yeah. Although we don't want to be quite as hot as Venus. And that's no. where we open up with uh, tonight's episode talking about Venus. And it brought up a very good point about basically that could be our future. Not quite that severe, obviously, because there's no oceans left and everything. But, but the fact day, is maybe. we could be that warm. And, uh, you know, how, how devastating that would be. Well, obviously, we wouldn't be around in that, those kind of temperatures <laughs> and that kind of atmosphere. But theoretically, we could go on that path. Yeah, but it was a nice... Um they drew attention to how delicate of a balance it is yeah. when it comes to CO2. Mm-hmm. How any pretty much if we don't maintain what we have right now, we'd either freeze over or have the situation that we are currently in, unfortunately. Right. But it was very it was a nice kind of example of exactly how um delicate and how easily this flux could affect Everything, mm-hmm. the balance of everything. Yes, because they started with basically Venus had a similar atmosphere as Earth did at one point in time. And it's just that Venus had a different structure without having any oceans and everything was gone. And the fact that you have the CO2 and it ends up building and building upon itself and building upon itself. And then you get the cloud cover and from this atmosphere, the carbon dioxide, and, and then now the heat can't escape. And uh, and there you go. And yeah. you're just building upon itself, and, and that could very easily happen here. And that's the thing I think people don't realize, too, is that, you know, we, we touch on weather later with the storms, and, and everyone's like, well, we just had one of the coldest winters we've had in a generation back east. And But you, you tend to forget, you know, you can have worse storms and more snowfall uh, because there's more, you know, humidity. There's more water vapor in the atmosphere because you have a warmer atmosphere now. So that can cause more cloud cover, which also keeps, you know, temperatures down during the day, so people are thinking, oh, well, cloud cover... Right. But, but And, and at the same time, whenever they were having this, you know, massive cold storm, mm-hmm. on the opposite side of the world, on the bottom, right. they were, like, you know, scorching heat right. in Australia. In Australia. So, and yeah. even here in California, we had yeah, that's a, true. one of the warmest winters we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. top five warmest winters, I mean, in January, there were, like, half of the month was above 80 degrees here in L.A., and that's not normal. We had virtually no rain. So you see the the changing happening slowly but surely, and obviously we're like in the third year of a severe drought. And there are a lot of people out there that say, okay, well, weather is kind of an anomaly, and that's true. We can talk about Sandy um, sort of, you know, oh, well, that's because of global warming. And that's not necessarily true. We can't exactly say that some of these storms are because of global warming. I mean, we, we, we've gone from – it's been almost eight years, actually, and today is the first day of hurricane season in the Atlantic – but it's been eight years since we've had a major hurricane hit the U.S. So you can't always say, okay, well, global warming's playing into storms per se. But in the long run, like he brings up, mm-hmm. we are changing our climate and temperatures are getting hotter overall because that's a great thing. We have weather stations. We can observe everything year to year and see – we can see the increase in front of our eyes. Yeah. I, a lot of people that argue with me and I – you know, I don't even trying to argue. I'm just trying to like tell people, hey, it's happening. But – I get a lot of the if it's global warming, well then why was it so cold? They right. they always seem to find this one the cold weather, spot. or the weather, or they're talking yeah, about the, the weather, weather, which again is variable and it's going to change year to year. And you're not talking about the big picture of climate, right? Uh, and and the thing is too is like even if the storms may not be happening, like having a major hurricane every year in the U.S., 
you have to imagine that the, the sea levels are rising. And with that, it's going to affect storms being more severe. And that's why Sandia, that wasn't a major hurricane, or Ike that hit near your uh, hometown there in Texas back in 08, was not a major hurricane but caused almost as much Rita? destruction. No, Ike uh, in oh, 2008 that, that caused uh, over near Galveston and a little oh, yeah, further yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Caused so uh, much damage and it was a cat too. Yeah, yeah. And I had moved. Almost as, yeah, so it. you forgot about that. <laughs> but it's like you, you forget about ocean level rise and uh-huh. you forget about things like that that happen that that will eventually affect even out here in California. There yeah. are a lot of you things know? that are people neglect to think about right. just because they aren't the direct effect of it. Mm-hmm. Just because necessarily it's colder outside today, like you guys were saying, doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't a lot of other issues going on. It, the really kind of unfortunate thing about it's not the way everyone thinks, but it's an easier way to think, and I understand why someone mm-hmm. would want to is if you don't see the immediate effects of right. something, it's easy to deny its existence both to other people and, more importantly, to yourself. And the more you deny to yourself that these things are not taking place, the obviously the less inclined you are to actually do anything about mm-hmm. it. The other thing that, obviously, we've all seen is people recognizing that it's an issue but then saying, well, no one, there's nothing I can, I can do, do really because mm-hmm. no one else is going to do it, blah, 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 which obviously is a toxic mentality. Mm-hmm. But... And then on the other side, you have the people that are making huge amounts of profit and money off of these, you know, non-renewable resources like the oil and the coal. And these are people who are like, well, why do we want to change? And you see that happening all over the country about trying to maybe shift to greener technologies. And people are like, no, 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 because they're making so much money and there's jobs involved. So you have that whole other level of things, too, that are affecting people that don't want to necessarily change because of those type of factors Absolutely. as well. And we also saw, I mean, in this episode with Frank Schumann, that someone with a significant mm-hmm. amount of money was able to contribute such a significant amount just or even though it didn't have the effect that he would have desired right. because of World War One, Which is sad uh, to think about, too. It's like here we are making progress on yeah. something that could have been possible and then something like World War happens and they take, you know, his materials for the solar energy and make it into weapons and recycle into weapons. Like, oh, my gosh, it's typical us yeah, as humans, you know. People. Well, you have uh, this situation where a private owner donated mm-hmm. as much money as he wanted into because he was fortunate enough to have the funding from all of his previous right. research to put all of his money into this one project. But you see that a person can make the difference, unfortunately, if they have the financing and mm-hmm. what's – I'm not going to make it political, but what's right. unfortunate is if collectively or you know, when you get to uh, funding when it comes to the government, if you can actually put – that kind of funding behind it. It's incredible what you mm-hmm. can accomplish. It's just that you have things like oil companies and coal companies, less now, that want to prohibit mm-hmm. that research and prohibit that kind of right. development, obviously. We need more private investors. We do. And then, I mean, look at uh, Elon Musk. and right. I mean, look how much stuff he's pumping out. Technological know, tech, changes. Oh, for space. I mean, you got all these electric Tesla. cars and, yeah, the Dragon, the uh, mm-hmm. SpaceX rocket yeah. now that can land on anywhere like it can land on a uh, helicopter pad yeah it's basically like a helicopter i know it's fantastic it's amazing when you think about the type of stuff that we can do and again that sort of brings up the point you're saying yeah right well and and, yeah and the resources but it brings up what you were saying too and sort of what this episode was saying about kind of ending on that positive note is you know we humans have been through things in the past we've gotten through it we've survived we can do this again 
But the problem is, are we going to get to the point where we've we've passed that yeah. tipping point and it's too late? Because right. it's not even just us in America here and in yeah, it's the Western US. It's too. all parts I mean, no of the countries. world. It's, you, when you think about China and India and you see all the pollution happening in China because they're getting the cheap coal yeah. and they're getting the cheap you know oil and they're growing uh, – places now there's over a billion and a half people there and i mean and then over there they can that. even see i mean they gotta right. run around in masks yeah. and you can you barely see, see five feet in exactly front of you. and it's they still keep and doing it disgusting so how does that even make sense like you see it in your face mm-hmm. how do you not change that i don't understand that well there's so many other factors that go into it that right. are so unfortunate the thing to me the big takeaway from this obviously and i think it was pretty much meant to be the takeaway mm-hmm. even though they don't ex- explicitly say we the, what they're explicitly saying first off is that we definitely need to do something about this and we're capable we're capable if we band together mm-hmm. and actually take the steps in the direction that we need to mm-hmm. at this point it's no longer a we should we need to do mm-hmm. it now yesterday but what was uh 1896 yeah 1896 <laughs> i know when you were seeing that uh, there are people back in 1896 talking about this so it exactly. was his name Savante something. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, the Swiss guy. Yeah. 1896 had solar solar power. Well, 1896, he was basically talking about how we were going to destroy, with the carbon that we're putting in the atmosphere, CO2, that we were going to basically destroy... Yeah, the ice caps in in the Arctic and the Antarctic. No, wasn't that the guy who... uh... No, oh, you're talking no. about the guy in 1878. Sorry, 1878. Yes, yes, Dr. Cecil, uh, even uh, earlier. <laughs> even, be- even earlier, some guy had solar power. <laughs> right. Know. We could be running the whole world on solar power oh, right easily. now. Oh, easily. Solar power and, and wind power. And again, this mm-hmm. is stuff that's that's free and that's always there. Free and always there. Uh, you know, especially wind. I mean, you can get wind power and, and like he was saying, out, off the ocean because you have nothing blocking the wind going across the ocean. You can, and it's 24 hours a day with wind. Yeah. You but, know, that's and, the thing. Have, uh, Rich billionaires like uh, what are they the, the Koch brothers? You know oh, what I'm yeah, talking about? Co- yes, yes. Uh, who like they had that uh, solar farm off the coast yeah. of New England, and they're like they were trying to sue to make it to where they had to get rid of them because it ruined their view from their like <laughs> coastal home. Yeah, no, it's just and it's like you a hole. Like, <laughs> but on. it's just thinking of things like you know, you especially out here, you can see you know the wind turbines when you go out the Palm Springs and everything. You see about things that could be easy and and, and climates. Um, the funny thing is, again, going kind of going to the political realm is that I'm sure you guys heard about. There's all these wind farms out in Wyoming, yeah, and they're basically helping to get them because in California here we're a little more strict on on having the green energy. They're basically supplying a lot of our green energy from Wyoming because they're in some of the windiest places uh, out here in the western U.S. And yet they don't agree with it, you know, politically, but they're like, oh, it's free money because they're still in the coal and, you know. Oh, I see. And a lot of other powers that they use themselves, but they have all these wind farms they're building that are now supplying us with power. So it's kind of a funny thing when you see that when money definitely talks, when it comes to political stuff, it's like, wow, somebody else is going to use it, we'll go ahead and build it. Well, and tying it back to what you were talking about with China and what I was going to say Mm -hmm. is not necessarily said explicitly in the episode, but can be inferred mm-hmm. because it's not just an American job. This is a global right. it's a thing. it's worldwide, absolutely. In an, in an idealistic level, it would be nice to assume that just by presenting people with the necessary information mm-hmm. and undeniable facts that it would be enough for people to wake up and say, okay, we need to do this because it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. The cynic in me says you need to incentivize people and the way you incentivize people other than saying because it's the right thing to do and because in the long term, like you have to make something more immediate happen. Right. 
And in order for something to be more, the most immediate thing that you can put in front of people is how does this affect you economically? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well they're trying that Money talks. too. You know, obviously, if you get solar panels and you get enough of them, you don't have to pay for electricity. That's great. And then if right. you make more than you use, mm-hmm. it's if you're on the grid, you give it back. It, you give it back to the grid. Yeah, to the grid. And then mm-hmm. sometimes they even pay you on your mm-hmm. electricity bill. Like you get five, ten bucks every month because you supply more energy than you put out right. or use. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like, what do you guys think would be able to be that? tipping point to get other world places especially developing economies and places with large populations like the china's and the india's of the world what do you think it'll get them to, let alone us here which we still have a lot of work to do how do we get these other countries what will be the tipping point to get these other countries to realize we've got to do something about this well it's so dependent on the different country i mean yeah. there are uh, there are unfortunately places that what, regardless of whether or not they would want to develop these technologies mm-hmm. or simply just they don't have the resources right and that's uh, when you ask that question, it's just so complex. It because is. It's, it, there's yeah. so many different countries, and everything is different for everyone. Different else. set. I think it's going to need like global funding. But that's what I'm wondering. Like, what's the world? Like, what would be that tipping point to get people, you know, or, or here or in other places that will finally realize, like, okay, we can't mess around anymore. We have to do something about this because now it's. It's like what will late. be the straw that breaks the camel's yeah, back? Yeah. I don't know at this point. I mean, I we already have reached the tipping point when it comes to the. Um, to Maybe some kind of heat wave that yeah. kills Arctic, like thousands yeah. of people. Well, I know that's what it's we're saying. Be something ridiculous. It's got to be something massive that's yeah. really got to affect people on a large level. But you're right because of g- going back to that Arctic thing, the thing that's crazy is even now because now ships can be navigable through the entire year in parts of the Arctic Ocean that were never uncovered by water b- before. But now you have places like Russia and other places and, and here, too, in the U.S., they're now looking to find – because there's lots of vast oil pockets down there, too. So now they're looking okay. to find places to start drilling and the water to open up. I'm like, oh, my God, now you're just adding to the problem now because now we're looking for oil. And it makes it really tough to tell people, well, there's vast oil. Again, there's money. There's you know stuff to power. How do you, how do you tell people, okay, enough is enough? Now you can't – Well, the thing that – people need to realize is that the long-term investment would ultimately be so much more mm-hmm. beneficial not just not only for the environment which should be the first and foremost reason right. but economically speaking the amount that it saves and the fact that ultimately it is there are we have resources that are plentiful the sun is pretty plentiful mm-hmm. as of now until it goes out but we have <laughs> some time yeah. but um, that is a problem though because um uh, the resources it takes to like get all of these like solar yeah. panels mm-hmm. and whatnot yes. like you know i don't have the money to go and put solar panels mm-hmm. on my house yeah. or whatever you know because it costs it's like, a lot it is very expensive to put it on your house and it pays off mm-hmm. later but yes. some people can't do that initially right and it's sort of like having a a, a hybrid vehicle or something right. it's like very expensive up front love 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 but, love to drive a tesla yeah every day right all day long but <laughs> I can't buy an eighty-five thousand. Exactly, car. that's the thing. It's very expensive up front, and even if you buy, a, you know, a, even something like a Prius or whatever, it takes a long time to see the results mm-hmm. of the savings. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of the problem. Again, it's going back to what you're saying on them. It's the economic stuff. It's viability. Is like it doesn't. It's not worth it unless you have a ton of disposable income to be able to do. It's very difficult for the average person to do that right now. Yeah. And what we know about technology is. The longer it's around, the cheaper it gets, right. usually. Mm-hmm. And so there's a hope that all of this solar technology will become really cheap one day once we mm-hmm. know how to do it really easily and we can, you know, pump out all these machines and, can, and whatever. And by can, that time. But by that time, will it be it, too late? Is it going to be too late? More Are we in likely. this weird period where everything's too expensive mm-hmm. to save us? Because that would suck. 
<laughs> well, it appears that way at the moment, and it, there's more to it than that, obviously, yeah. and kind of trying to steer away from the uh, talk of politics back right. to the actual episode itself. What is overwhelmingly evident by watching this, and th- what I think they did a really, really nice job with, is addressing, like I said earlier, all of the different uh, issues that the average person or not even the uh, even the most educated of people would ask about climate mm-hmm. change and then systematically going through the checklist and saying oh you wonder whether or not it's the sun it's not the sun and right. here's why oh you wonder if it's volcanoes it's not volcanoes and here's why mm-hmm. you wonder how we know it's us and it's not it okay let's go by and tell you why it's a hundred percent us or Maybe not 100%, yeah. but... Like 80%. Yeah, but it's, it's us. Yeah, <laughs> but you brought up the uh, you brought up that good point. It was the fact that you get a lot of the naysayers that use those as the reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, it's not us. And I think it was great they did that. And I also think another great thing they did with this episode was going back in time and listing all these different scientists and different people throughout the years going back to 1878. And then as recently as, the, you know, the 50s and, and 60s, 70s, and 80s talking about... These people basically saying, hey, this is a real issue here. And it was. It was something that, you know, and I don't want to get back too much political, but it was something that was across the board. People on uh, every side of the aisle here in America were in agreement of 60s and 70s and 80s. Like, we're like, okay, global warming is a real thing. We need to do something about it. Earth Day came about in, like, 1990. It was something that we yeah. all agreed that there was something that we needed to do to help the planet. And in the past few years, it feels like there's some people that now just want to completely ignore that type of stuff but i thought that was a great job the episode did about letting people know like this was real people were talking about it for yeah. over 100 years and, and they were like something about it the sun hasn't changed we've been watching mm-hmm. it and they said uh the the co2 that volcanoes put out has a you can tell they can tell the difference yeah. between it yeah and they said that it's only about two percent of mm-hmm. all the co2 in our atmosphere or that we're burning per year pretty much oh yeah i mean again the like statistics 30 billion tons of co2 year, a year yeah. yeah i mean just the statistics are mind-boggling and uh you know i think it's pretty cool too the way they measure the amount of co2 being able to you know not even with the ice and water but i also had watched a documentary about how they do it with corals now too in the mm-hmm. ocean, because then you can see ocean temperatures, mm-hmm. and it's also how they had a way of knowing about El Ninos that affect a lot right. of our, our weather out here in California. But which they, is coming. they, yeah, it's just potentially coming this winter. Uh, oh, but you could see the, I know, and, it, and it's coming. But you could see, you oh know, God, the different, precious. the different ways of measuring that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. I mean, I'm glad to talk about something that's actually really really cool because yeah. this was difficult to sit through. As someone who is a very big believer in science and mm-hmm. someone who has never really had doubts about climate change, to, I, I mean, I've been aware about what I'm trying to get at is I've been aware of climate change mm-hmm. since I was young and I've always kind of understood the concept and went with it. But what I didn't realize is just how... Um, how bad it is. No, no. I, I, it's, I recognized how bad it was. That wasn't the issue. It's I didn't realize how many opportunities we've had in the past oh yeah that's and how crazy. Right. yeah and how long we've mm-hmm. known about this problem i always assumed that this was such a i mean call it the uh the ignorance of youth because no. i am only 20 so i was only around so long to watch this development right. i always assumed that this was something that must have been a more recent or you know uh recent discovery, discovery yeah. because yeah. had it been in 1878 there's no way we would have waited this long and neglected it, but 
But we did. But again, oh, we did. We, did. <laughs> we always find a way. People's is dumb. <laughs> I know. We, well, we, you know, we always find a way. Uh, things that come around, especially like we were saying in the 50s, like things came around and you know that, okay, there was it was just cheaper. Again, it's economical. It yeah, comes down to money. Time. It comes down to things like that that happen where it becomes easier for those type of things to happen. And that's... Like what, what they, they say, history. whenever they first did, they were like, eh, coal's cheaper. Let's just use coal. Right. Then they got it, they got solar energy cheaper than coal, and then they were right. like, oh, but we just found oil. Oil's cheaper. And exactly. then that became cheaper. It's like, what? what's the cheapest thing? Exactly. Even if it kills everyone. And that's the thing. It goes yeah. back to, Like you know, lead. Like lead, exactly. It goes back to those type of things. I was just going to say that. It goes back to the type of things of what's cheaper and easier, and not enough people are going to make, oh, it doesn't affect me. I'm not going to worry right. about right. it. But even with lead, once they had sufficient mm-hmm. evidence... They got rid of it immediately. I, I mean, I guess I suppose that the effects were a little more immediate. They were a little bit more this, immediate. So you can yeah. see it. It's more tangible. Right. That being said, it's but it's that same mentality. So, yeah, it's that same mentality. But it's become so evident at this point. You would think that the law, and you see it in other countries. You not nearly as much as we need to, mm-hmm. and not in the countries necessarily. Obviously, that need to be doing it. But you see. Um, laws put in place to protect the environment that are actually very successful Mm -hmm. and really, really productive. And it's remarkable that we have yet to, um, it's not remarkable. I understand why it's happening. It's Mm -hmm. just unfortunate rather. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, the other thing I really liked about uh, this episode kind of jumping Mm -hmm. around a little bit was I also really, I thought it was cool the way they explained about the natural phenomena that happens in the year with the earth breathing. And I thought that was a really cool way of putting that. About, you know, how basically it, it inhales the, the forest, yeah. the world inhale the carbon dioxide during the spring, make their, yeah. you know, their, their leaves and everything. And then in the fall, they, they exhale it back out and the leaves decay and everything. And I thought that was a really cool way of putting that out there because it kind of brings it back to the whole cyclical nature of the way the planet works. And that was neat because I've never even thought of it in that that aspect before. Yeah. And it's so true. That is cool. It's um, the earth breathing. Yeah, that's really, really neat because it really... It kind of goes back, and it kind of goes back to the earlier episodes too about how we're all breathing. Everyone else is like air that you know from millions of years ago. It's like all that weird kind of stuff. (laughs) But it was just a neat way of saying that because it's so true when you really think about that and how important the trees are, Mm -hmm. everything to our own balance of our atmosphere because they're releasing you know fresh oxygen out there and they help take away the the uh, pollution. And the other thing too is oceans are able to do that as well, and that's a really big thing that they brought up and. You know, we're kind of talking about the positive feedback loop, which is so true, too, which is another huge issue. The more ice that melts, because ice and, and light-colored yeah. surfaces, you know, bounce off sunlight. Um, and then darker surfaces absorb it. So, you know, the oceans absorb all that. The so glaciers. you get that feedback. So you get less, you know, you have less uh, ice there, more oceans. You're just sucking in more and, and absorbing more of that warmth. And now the oceans are warming up. And goes back to that coral. The coral is dying, and you and you have things like that that happen over time. And the sea levels rise. It's all that kind of stuff that happens gradually. They end up having really severe consequences. So let's cover all of the southern hemisphere with like <laughs> mirrors, just beaming the sunlight back. <laughs> exactly. Save us. <laughs> yeah, you know, who cares about the southern yeah. hemisphere. I'll just, just cover them. <laughs> we'll just make the big planet like a big disco ball. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's going to mess something. Uh, yeah, of course. Why, it will. It's, going it's to, like, obviously not a uh, scientific uh, <laughs> yeah. choice you don't, there. Do you have any research supporting nope, nope, that theory? That nope. <laughs> uh, was funny. There was a, there was a I, don't, I don't know if you guys read, but BJ Novak did a new book and just a bunch of silly short stories. And one of them that he brought up was like, this rich guy wants to build this ginormous mirror so everyone can look back and look at themselves on the planet. <laughs> and it'd be like one of the same things. Like, make it like a There big, was a video... Um, 
I saw online, and it was like, what if the moon was a disco ball? Yeah. Did you see that yeah. one? <laughs> so let's just make the planet a disco ball instead. kind of a funny video. And they moved it closer. And oh, like, how silly. It was crazy. So how you, silly. When you looked up in the sky, like it reflected Earth back, and you could see it. And Great. It was, it so was some awesome. kind of thing. <laughs> I wish the moon see? was a disco ball. See all the things that we could do if we really put our minds together? We could make the moon a disco ball, people. <sighs> um, and this is a totally other segue, too, but did you guys see uh, the Will Wheaton project at all? I did not. Okay, because by your sister network there. I know, uh, I saw that. But there was a funny moment too where they were basically did a whole spoof uh, by slowing it down, you know, with the, with um, Neil and Cosmos and the episode where he was drinking the wine and they made him sound like basically sound like he was drunk. And then mm. another time they they did an episode of him where it was sort of like him being stoned. And oh, they slowed I, I it did down. see that. One. Yeah, that one's pretty funny because I think that was out there. That on, was on somebody had posted yeah, it somewhere, it and that was pretty funny. Can you see me? <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> it was great. I was like, that was awesome. I need to watch the <laughs> drunk one though. Yeah, the drunk good. one was good too with him with the wine from the episode. So there's some funny takes on on Cosmos because he is a he is a character. I mean, even today mm-hmm. there were some funny lines, but you know, this was a very serious episode. Getting back to that, and and again, I just think there's a lot that hopefully we can take away from this uh, before it's... I, one of the <laughs> mind-blowing facts of this one was that what was it was 1% of just wind power? Yeah. yeah. Just 1% of wind right. power. Not even the sun. Just, right. just the wind. Um, could run our civilization. Just 1%. Yeah. And they said that more energy falls on Earth in one hour right. than our whole civilization uses in one year. year. Mm-hmm. God. We'd be set. I know. Oh, we yeah. just set it up. We'd be set forever. Right. We're good. I T- know. Till the sun goes. I know. And again, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, speaking of the sun going, do you guys have any news and gossip? Oh, let's do it. All right. After Buzz TV News. Because I have some news and gossip. Uh, I know we've talked about this too about uh, Andromeda and the Milky Way eventually mm-hmm. right. yeah. colliding. And there was a whole rumor, you know, the merger. That earlier this week, the New York Times had a post about it, um, that there was all this radiation that they supposedly saw out in, in space. So they're thinking, oh, my God, like something happened. You know, there's a giant explosion or something. It was from NASA's SWIFT satellite. They thought they saw a giant burst of radiation from Andromeda, the nearest big galaxy here to the Milky Way. It's only about two and a half million light years away, which is... Yeah, it's our, yeah, it's our neighbor. It's close. Um, so they thought that some stars had collided and... You know, dead stars. Uh-oh. And it was going to be a bunch of nastiness that eventually, you know, could come out closer to us. But it was a false alarm. But we're riveted by it because, of course, eventually the two, uh, Milky Way and Andromeda, are going to come together right. and into one giant galaxy. But rest assured, that's way after our sun has basically broiled us. Yes. And we're long gone. Sure. And there's nothing left. But the bright good news is that perhaps maybe in this whole thing, when they all come, when they both come together, Andromeda and the Milky Way, they'll have a birth of a whole bunch of new little baby starlets. Yeah. And which from there, new planets. New planets. Yeah. And maybe a whole other new, new Earth-like planet could ar- arrive. So, you know what? And people to try it all over again. Exactly. So like people the Matrix. To, exactly. People could do it all over again. So, you know what, guys? If you mess it up this time, just wait a couple it's hundred Don't worry billion years and you could come back and in another life form with some other planet far, far away and you could mess it up again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Did you see the uh, article about the um, black hole in the center of the Milky Way? Yes. How it could be a wormhole? Yes. That's so exciting. <laughs> well, they talk, They briefly talked about time travel for a second on the episode when they're saying, if anyone discovers time yes, travel... Yes, come back to 1913 to Egypt and exactly. make sure this, is the, this was the focal point of when things would change. So if that was a wormhole. Yes. Well, 
Who knows? Maybe I'm from the future. With but it might be one of those. He came back to the wrong place. <laughs> Please visit 1913 in Egypt. It might be one of those things, though, My when you stop. go back in time and change it, it just creates a parallel universe, yeah. and this one stays the same. So exactly. we're, we're screwed. Still. I took, I took a line. course on this in college. I could talk a lot about time travel, <laughs> uh, and it's, but trust me, we won't get it. I know. I'd love to talk about it, because I just want to be like flying like in a plane one day, where you just go wherever. Yeah, that'd be nice. Come on. That would be lovely. The repercussions <laughs> would be interesting. <laughs> no, they would be. How do we know it's not happening in Ori? But we're segueing and sidetracking too much. Was there any other news? Um, I mean, we talked about SpaceX, which is the other big thing. Yeah, the, the rocket, the dragon. And did you also hear about uh, Virgin, too, is doing their, uh-huh, their tests yeah. in uh, New Mexico right now. They got approved. They, they're basically getting approved. They have to do a few more tests, and then they're hoping to eventually take a space tourist I think next year. How cool. What is yeah. it? Like, the just the upper atmosphere or It's something? technically the upper atmosphere. It's 60 miles above the, yeah. the Earth's surface, but it's enough to That's be, where, uh, be weightlessness. That's where, what's jumped from, Yeah, right? uh, Felix, uh, I can't think of his name now. But yeah, it's 60 yeah. miles above. You can see the curvature of the Earth. You have weightlessness. So for all intents intensive purposes yeah. you're basically in space. Yeah. Right. But of course it's going to cost you $250,000 a pop. So. Pocket change. You know. Yeah. So, you know. Well, give it some time. Give it some exactly. time. Exactly. It's going to be like travel. we said earlier. Any technology here, it's going to get cheaper and cheaper over time. But it's still, I don't think it's going to happen in time. They want to do it by the fall of 2015 next year, like a little over a year. I don't think right. that's going to happen quite that soon. But it's great to see that it's uh, that it's going to happen. And, uh, and the the SpaceX rocket, uh, they said as soon as it lands, you can refuel it and it's yeah. ready to go again. Yeah, that's amazing. It is amazing. I mean, it's it's uh, and and you know, the, Elon Musk brought up a good point too because it's true. Like he's made something that you can use again and again because right now a lot of our older technology with space program was something you used once and you let it go. And he said, "What would it be like every time you flew and the and the plane was just trashed after each you know yeah. flight?" I mean, it's not economical, and it's no. the same thing. So this is a new way of looking at it, and and it's so easy it's like a helicopter basically yeah. when it comes back to the surface of of earth and can land like in a, in a helicopter type space so it's pretty cool stuff and it's the first time that we're really getting away from a government entity right doing the space program now and i think that's what's unfortunately unfortunately that's what's going to happen now in the future is all going to have to be through private enterprise which in a lot of ways can come up with some really great ideas and who knows i did also see another thing today about us being either on the verge or maybe the start of a Mass extinction, the next mm-hmm. mass extinction, the one oh, good. that even Cosmos <laughs> like, oh, good. talks about yeah. all the time. Like, well, here's the yeah, uh, what was it, the Hall of Extinction? Yeah, the, the Hall of Extinction. Extin- yeah. and they're like, here's the blank call. We don't know what mm-hmm. that one's going to be. Well, that one might be happening right now. now. <laughs> oh, that's pleasant. Soon. Yes. Okay. Well, on a more hopeful note, <laughs> um, because this has been, it was a pretty bleak episode. But like I said at the beginning of this episode. Neil deGrasse Tyson always kind of ends kind of ends it with a very hopeful right. note, or at least tries to. And the good news, after all of our fetching and felling, if you will, <laughs> is that we are aware of the statistics. And now, because we have the internet and because we have forums of communication mm-hmm. throughout the world, we can educate people in a way that we couldn't back in, however, eighteen seventy eight. Yeah. So, on a more hopeful note. <laughs> The more that people are educated about the subject and the more people watch an episode of Cosmos Mm -hmm. like this and know about these kinds of facts, the more inclined they will be to, if they do the little things and maybe push for the bigger changes. Right. So So if you watch Cosmos, tell your friends. (laughs) Make them watch it. I'm trying to make everyone I know watch it. And then they can watch it here. Yeah, and watch you can us. watch us talk exactly. about it. Watch us talk about it, and you can rate us. And yeah. You can say all these good things. I mean, how great is that? And we only have one episode left. Yeah. One episode. <sighs> JC better come back. 
JC. I know. All that wind farm researching, is, it's a lot of work. So yeah. hopefully we'll be back for the final, but we see, hopefully we'll see a season two. What do oh, they yeah. do? I don't know. But what do you think? What do you th- how are we gonna how are we gonna wrap up this this season? Oh, I don't know. They talked about how um, they saved the best for last. I was hoping. What could the best for last be? Ooh, hopefully, it's just a whole episode about like happy hope and yeah. how the future could be if we all came together. Like that's what I want to see. Kumbaya. Kumbaya yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make everyone rally together. On a le- on a less hippie note no (laughs) i would love that i would love that more than anything but um she's like let's go back to the doom and gloom no absolutely not by the way i I was the one who was talking about hope five in a world ravaged when carbon dioxide takes over no i would i would love a nice kumbaya moment trust me but um i i think we're gonna see a lot of special effects yes like a lot of special effects on this one let's get the cgi out there yeah they're probably gonna Blow our minds that more way. More black holes, yes. more. Uh, uh, I hope so. One can hope. Uh, what are the other things called? You know, the <laughs> binary star systems with their crazy energy spouting out pulsars. Pulsars. Oh, we, need yes. more pulsars. Right. we need more pulsars and black holes. I think black everybody needs pulsars, that. Yeah, and wormholes and all that <laughs> stuff. That everybody needs a, a little kid. more of that in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts on tonight's episode? Do uh, do your best, people. Solar <laughs> solar power. <laughs> So a power wind tower. Yeah. No, I I do think I what would be great is if I think in a lot of things is not even just economical, but if we could show people the type of things that could happen in the future if we don't make the changes. I mean, I know it sounds a little campy and everything, but if it was more visual and you could see like what could happen in the future to our planet, what life could look like in fifty or hundred years from now or, or further along if we don't stop this. I think that helps bring it to make it more realistic right. for, for people right. than not just than going and sitting out and being like, well, great, it's 85 in January. I yeah, can sit know, out by the pool year-round. This is great. You they know? should have done is, you know, they showed us that future of where everything really was happy cool. and yeah. there's tr- uh, plants on all the buildings, which right. should be blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they should show us futures the opposite way. Exactly. So that people can see. I think that's, like, it's, that's scary. I think right. that's the device they tried to use with Venus. And well, they should have shown like well, civilizations. Right. Exactly. Collapse. But you're right. Like Venus, basically, that's what we were to take from it at the beginning right. of this episode. Is like this could be Earth's future. Yeah. And I think they're right. trying to, once again, keep it a little more on the positive exactly. side by the end of it. And real quick before we have to get out of here, someone brought up on Twitter to me about uh, they haven't mentioned. I know it's a little more political, but they haven't mentioned uh, factory farming is a big cause. Yeah. And it is. is. Huge cause. You're absolutely huge right. Huge cause. And the person on Twitter, thank you for that, because that yes. is um, it is a big problem. It's huge. And I mean, it's, that's where that like lab-grown meat, I know we were all saying, yeah. ugh, gross, we want to eat it. But that may be the thing we have to eat so that exactly. we can yeah. still eat meat and not have to factory farm all these animals. I mean, factory farming is a huge issue of that. And also, you know, they're one of the big issues of farms and, and factories are using more water than we are no. you know, right. consuming as well. They use more water than us in our urban cities. So it's all one big problem. A lot of big things to work on, but that's not for us to have to deal with. Thank goodness. Yeah. But where can they find you, though, if they want to talk more about this with well, you? Well, you week? can find me on Twitter at Dylan Chance. And you can find me at Twitter at Autumn Checklist. And you can find me on the old Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And for myself and for Dylan and for Autumn and for Arroyo, who did an awesome job engineering. Thank, Thank you, you, everybody. we got one more episode left. Do not miss it. Next Sunday, we'll be here. Okay. Yeah. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.